0: We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. All right, gardeners, we're ready. We are here to help you. We're going to talk about food securities again today, but we are going to talk about what we can do now to prepare ourselves and to make our food more secure right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste.
0: Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We are your host, Ben in Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country.
1: And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this
0: wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. If you absolutely love our show, which I know you do because you're here, we're here to help you, and we, you can help us in three ways. One, you can join Patreon, get two extra episodes a month, and you can sign up for a year and get 10% off. You can simply watch YouTube, Backyard Gardens TV, or you can check out all our t-shirts and stuff. All those links are below, so please come check them out and help support us as we continue to make this content for all gardeners everywhere. All right, food securities. Um we In the last episode, we gave you a little bit of homework, and if you haven't done so, you should do so. We gave you a movie to watch, and it's called Soylent Green, S-O-Y-L-E-N-T Green. And there's a website, if you want to find it for free, just Google SoylentGreenArchive.org, and then you can watch it completely free. It's a uh, disclaimer, two disclaimers. One, we don't agree with everything that is stated in the movie, particularly the furniture part. And then two, it's an old movie, all right. So it was filmed in 1973, and it's Batavia. What do you, is it? Tough to watch.
1: Yeah, it's um. It, so spoiler: I watched the first Superman as an like in the 90s, maybe even the early 2000s. So well after the movies had come out, and. This had to be in the 90s. So one of my best girlfriends brought over the, the DVD or the VHS tape. She's like, you got to watch it. You know how it goes, like, sit down. We're going to sit here all day. You're going to watch it. And I'm just like, dude, I could see the string. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? So the idea of watching something kind of out of context from a, you know, decades and decades later. Uh, let's just say that the topics have aged well right however the filming maybe not so much
0: yeah it's it's an oldie but it's a goodie and it really applies to all this so this these episodes I mean spoiler alert all the way we're gonna spill the beans so if you haven't watched it and you want to we suggest that you watch it and come back because it heavily influences the conversation here because it was um, it takes place in the year 2022 oh my god
1: Let me move all of this crap so I can get to the bail. All right, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it takes place in the year 2022 in New York City with a population of 40 million people. Um, Currently, there's 8 million people in New York City, so they were a little bit off. But in the first five minutes, they basically wrap up everything that we discuss right now. Wouldn't you say?
1: I do. I was just looking back to see what the population was and um in 1973 so
0: oh, they wow. they say you know um overpopulation greenhouse gases droughts climate change um all these things so does any of that ring a bell for anybody mm-hmm. i mean droughts check mm-hmm. climate change check overpopulation i don't know I don't know how to call it. I know it depending on where you live. If you live in a big city, you could say so. If you live in the country, you're probably like, hell no, that's good. I ain't got nobody around me for miles. So there's that.
1: There, but, I mean, there is the prediction though in current today and and in, in, in recent years, there's been a prediction by twenty xx X. You know, we're gonna have more people than we have resources for. So right, one could argue that. This has been the prediction for now 50-some years, and it hasn't come to fruition. One could argue that we just ain't got there yet.
0: Yeah. So, in the movie, they discuss um, eating a jar of um, ra- uh, strawberry jam, and they said it was $5,000 a jar. I believe no, it was. $150 yeah.
1: $150 a jar. Was it
0: 150 Yeah, but okay. that tells
1: you how... Strapped people were for monies. Yeah, you know, like one. Obviously, that's that's like some of these, uh, you know, transplant prices, right? (laughs) No, 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 seriousness. Like one hundred and fifty dollars. If you needed to make one hundred and fifty dollars happen, you could probably make one hundred and fifty dollars happen. But the idea is, would you ever spit it on a jar of strawberries? Yeah. And the reality is, today, no. But I mean, it's just it's. There there are bits and pieces that kind of really do a good job in just a scene or two, um, showing you um, the level of desperation that is everyday life. Yeah, you know, in this in this movie.
0: Yeah, so Charlton Heston stars in it, which I don't know a whole lot about. I'm gonna, I know he was in Ben Hur and all that, but I just I knew the name. I knew he was a really big actor, but in the '70s movies, you know, they're hard to watch, but. He was I would what would you think? Probably in his 50s. In the movie like
1: Yeah, it, I think they they were portraying him in his 50s. I didn't do the math to see. Right. You know. Yeah, that's he, about right cuz he was born in 23. So, yeah, th- so if the movie was released in 73, he was actually 50 years old. Yeah. When it was released. And I so think he they, had, they, that was with, that's what they wanted to portray him as, you know. Yeah, because if be they wanted to look
0: young, they didn't do a good job. But yeah. there's that. But I mean, he, he had never seen a flower. He'd never seen a wild animal. Uh, he'd never seen a strawberry. He, he was a cop. There was a murder. He went to go investigate the murder. And at the same time as investigating the murder, he stole a bunch of stuff from the rich people mm-hmm, food, mm-hmm. Uh, a bottle of liquor. They had just gone and bought some super special ingredient called beef. <laughs> and he took it home and he had this old gentleman working with him who was um, he, he basically looked up like stuff for crimes and whatnot, did all the research. And he was older and um, he, he cried when he saw a piece of celery. Mm-hmm. And not only was it a piece of celery, but it was the nastiest piece of celery <laughs> you ever seen in your whole life. And he yeah. just cried. And it, it just it, it's crazy to think about how like he had that memory of a child of eating a vegetable and, you know, seeing them and never seeing them. Now, you know, at this point they're um this is where the Calvary came in and the government was giving them Soylent wafers. So wafers made out of different ingredients. I'm going to leave that to, you know, you guys got to watch the movie to see what Soylent Green is, but. It was, it was very telling. And the fact that the police, which he seemed to me in the movie like he was a good cop.
1: Mm-hmm. But then he
0: would go investigate and then he would steal from it. And there was a young lady that lived at... The, this is the part that is not in line with the views of the Backyard Gardens podcast, to be clear. There's a young lady that, quote unquote, lived at the apartment, but she was called Furniture. So she was basically like... I don't want to say a couch, but you have to think about it like that in the view of the movie. And
1: As people moved in and out, she remained and she was um, at their beck and call, let's say, right. you know, uh, whoever the new tenant was for that particular apartment.
0: And it wasn't always sexual, just for the record. You know, sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. Depends on the tenant. But um, So that's just kind of sets the stage for how in the 70s they were looking into the future. So you look, you fast forward, 49 years, I think it is. Did I do the math correct? Yeah. 49 years. So um, you fast forward to that and they still have that same view. You know, we not of the women, but, you know, of greenhouse gases, food scarcity and stuff like that. And as we talk about these food scares, if you listen to the last episode, you know why um, the definition of it, which I actually still have it pulled up on my computer So I will give you the brief definition of it. Um, It's defined as by the United Nations Committee of World Food Security means that all people at all times have physical and social and economic access to sufficient, safe and nutritious food that meets their food preferences and dietary needs for an active and healthy lifestyle. So that's what a food security is. And as we move forward, we can see things unfolding that could threaten our food security. Let's put it that way right and then as gardeners could affect us right
1: so i'm going to read um if you go to the site that being recommended there are only a handful of uh comments or reviews and as you can imagine it is kind of right with you know kind of political takes on views and that's not a place that we uh sit in and lounge in on this show and it's very intentional um so you may you'll hear a bit of this but i think it's just applicable no matter who sits in you know the big chair in the white house so i'm going to read this comment um this is from a reviewer she says i Sheer, year, he says, I love watching this movie. Before 2020, I thought it was a mystery science fiction, right? <laughs> but seeing characters wearing masks everywhere and high inflation and food shortages and overreaching government. Now I see it as science nonfiction. And then comments on great acting from some of the actors. Um, and I think that unfortunately for us, a lot of times we need to experience a piece of it. To really, really connect with it, you know, and my guess is based on this that this person had watched this movie or at least heard about it before we kind of entered into these last couple of years, um, and my view on these things has always been: it may not get to kind of whatever the end. Zone is for you know whatever the prediction is. We may not get there, but the road there and before we kind of right size, um, it can be really dangerous and scary, and you know, um, you know, hurtful and impactful. You know, so the reason, another reason why I'm enjoying this series, and I think it's really about. And this sounds cliche, it's really about starting the conversation. Yeah, right. You know, um, I think it's important because. You know, you wonder what the response was from that the movie in seventy three, seventy four. Like what people were saying and doing, and did they just take it as some one more movie that was produced, right? Um, like fifty years ahead, that that ne- that would never happen. I, I'm curious about that. Um, and you look now, and you kind of think, so this could have been released yesterday, basically, and pushed out another X number of years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. I mean, fortunately, the uh, cinematography would have been better, you know, but all in all, the storyline could have been pretty consistent, you
0: know, it could have been. And it's, um, you know, I think the reason why it's so applicable to us and and I'm very proud of the way I use that word just there. It came (laughs) off my tongue, right? Usually I get stumbled on it. So I'm happy about that. But, um, you know, it was in the first five minutes when he was like, you know, he, he labeled all of the issues that they're confronting. And that's a big thing is. There wasn't just one issue. It was a bunch of different issues that combined Mm -hmm. together. And they even state in the movie, um, the furniture, which I don't even think she has a name, so we're going to have to refer to her as the furniture, said, um, you know, why don't you go to another town? And he's like, I can't. It's all the same everywhere in the world. It's all the same. I'm going to go
1: ahead and say we'll refer to her as the young lady. Let's do that.
0: Let's do that. Yeah. Because I don't (laughs) feel very inappropriate calling her the furniture. So The young lady was like, you know, go somewhere else. She's like, well, everything's the same everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, depending on what country or what part of the world you're in, you may see something earlier than others. Mm -hmm. But eventually across the board, you will see some form of this take shape.
1: Mm-hmm. There were even in some portions comments around and just for the record we're about 10ish minutes into this episode. The full episode isn't going to be kind of our review of the movie. So don't no. worry, stick around. But there is some good shit in here. Yeah. Um but there is um some mention and it was subtle about, you know, kind of um um the control over farms, right? Yeah. You know, the government or whatever the, um, you know, governing body was in this movie, you know, in this future state Um, and and how, you know, there is it's very intentional to kind of control things so they can manage things like rations and yada, 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 you know. And so, you know, depending on who you talk to, a lot of that's been in place for a lot of decades you know, yeah. paying farmers to not grow certain things, right? You know, hashtag subsidies. You know, so well. And um, let's let's
0: talk about farmers real quick as we begin to slowly transition over to the main topic. So I was, um, that's funny how this works, and it's not a coincidence. Just before we came on here, I was doing a little bit of scrolling, and I found an interesting um, piece of knowledge where. They were saying that, you know, in the last episode, we talked about how Ukraine makes, I don't remember, like 70% of the world's wheat or something. But apparently, between Ukraine and Russia, a big portion of our fertilizer comes from there. Okay, now we're talking about gardeners being affected. Okay, so with the prices of fertilizer going up by almost 300% this year... We have farmers saying it's not worth it to grow, Mm. right? Because Mm -hmm, inflation mm -hmm. is so high that people, you know, aren't willing to pay the prices for, you know, insert whatever vegetable they're growing. Mostly it's corn and stuff like that. So they switch from corn to soybeans, but soybeans, which a lot of our... If you shop in the middle of the grocery store, you're eating a lot of soybeans, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: soybeans... At the same time, are very hard to come by right now because it's hard to get the seed. So I can attest to that, um, and this is on an v- extremely small scale. But I was looking for another pack of soybean seeds to put, or you know, edamame, which is even the same kind of soybean. And I, a lot of places were sold out of them; they didn't have them. I I don't know. It may be a coincidence, whatever. But you know, in my mind right now, I'm going to say that it wasn't a coincidence. Um, so people are starting to grow that instead of corn so you can put what you want there but there's you know there's more effects of what happens on the other side of the world that Mm -hmm. kind of brings the wave all the way over and so in 2020 when covid happened i think everybody remembers um nobody went to restaurants and so the interesting enough to me because people weren't going to restaurants Specifically, the farmers started destroying their crops because they couldn't sell them. And that was just because we couldn't go to the restaurants. Mm -hmm, Like, we physically mm -hmm. couldn't go. Now...
1: But there were restaurants. There was also... I remember... only for like a blink of an eye reporting on this and it was you know kind of you think about school systems so think about the U.S. That was in the other particular thing, yeah. you know and how many school systems and for those school systems um, where that food and the dairy the milk and so on come from and you had you know across the U.S. so many schools that were closed for so long right now of course there were some uh States, some cities, some counties, and you know, that had like food pickup, but it wasn't at the volume that you know these um, sellers were providing this food and and things. So um, it was a a huge impact. And I remember again, just it's a split second now. Take that for what it's worth a split second that that was reported on.
0: Well, and that's something that I I wanted to bring up, and I didn't know how to weave it in, but now you said it. So if we go back to my fertilizer Intel that I gave you, and then you go back to what Batavia just said about how you heard it for a split second. And I heard about, you know, they were destroying like squash crops was one that specifically heard and dumping gallons of milk. And, um, I even, and this last research I did, they were, um, people were actually euthanizing their cows Mm. because they couldn't sell them, which is atrocious, but okay, we're going to move on from that. Um, if you don't hear it from the news, doesn't mean that it's not happening. The Come news, somebody. The news only reports what sells. So, remember that. So, just because you hear one thing, if you want to be informed, dig a little deeper. You can't count on us. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, but we'll try. <laughs> but you can't count on us. <laughs> but they only report on what's going to sell. So and every
1: now and again, we'll get... Maybe an unpopular topics. It's not sex and sizzle. It's not blood and gore. And then you don't see follow up on that. You know yeah. they go back to the tried and true. Um, but don't let that one kind of that one story thirty seconds. Don't lose that. You know, screenshot it. Take a quick video of it. You know, file a note in your head and your phone and your notebook to look into that further you know because that's almost the gift that you know ultimately right. they didn't want to give
0: Well, see and that's the thing too about the time that we're living in now is you can't hide stuff anymore man it's gonna get out somebody's gonna get a whim of that and they're gonna they're gonna run with it and you're gonna eventually it'll come out so um you know they they we're just about to go to break but there was something batavia um, about the movie that was kind of funny. So one, Batavia said that they had the reddest blood you've ever seen in it, which there wasn't a lot of blood, but when you did see it, it was like neon red. Yeah. And what was the other thing you said?
1: Did I write it down? I don't think I wrote it down. You're going to have to tell me after the break.
0: It was The Screams.
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point, so I was watching it and I was looking at some, um some, um camera footage so there was a little bit of multitasking but mostly I was in tune with the movie and every time my eyes darted away from the movie I felt like like there was this ah, ah!" and I would look up and like go back 10 or 15 seconds like there must be murder and mayhem and no you know it's just like every time someone was bumped into it was the you know biggest scream and I actually kind of can remember that from older movies like that was commonly a thing like the screams were the big moment um, then I also said to young Ben perhaps they were also malnourished that you know every bump and, right. and every stumble was you know painstaking but so they definitely on it They were
0: definitely uh, malnourished and all that because you know people weren't eating but it was a piece of trivia for you so did all the screams sound the same to you
1: I don't know. I don't know if I paid attention to it that So there's or. a
0: so it's funny because in Hollywood there's this thing called the Willem Scream. <gasps> and it's a sound effect that's used in every single movie to this day. If they need a scream They will insert it, and it's now become this joke within the movie industry where they will use the Willem scream, the W-I-L-H-E-L-M scream. The difference now is you can change it with sound effects so it doesn't sound exactly the same, but it's the, ah! You know, it's always the same scream every single time. You know what's
1: so wild about that? What's so wild? One of my favorite, favorite, favorite artists, it's it's probably the song that introduced me to him, James Blake. He has a song called "The Willem Scream." It's yep. beautiful, right? Absolutely beautiful. There's no screaming in it. Um, but now, like, I, it's just it's you know everything's connected. Everything's connected. It's
0: been used. So I just did a little Google search. It's been used since 1951. Yeah, that's funny. That scream has been over and over. So on that note, everybody, let's take this uh, quick station break, and then we're going to come back, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about what you can do now. To help with your food security. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up.
0: You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description.
1: With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya.
0: We want everybody to have a garden and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month.
1: Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck.
0: So it's official. The next production that we do, I'm going to include the Willem Scream at some point. It's going to be hard, but I'll do it.
1: We're not going to get approval for, for the James Blake song. So you're talking about the actual, the original then. Yeah,
0: the original, yeah. <laughs> but um, so... We've kind of now that we've continued to scare the pants off of everybody, which I truly do apologize for if you are concerned about it. But if you've made it this far, congratulations, because chances are you will not be one of the people in and Green that are suffering. <laughs> so you are going to make a difference. You're a gardener and you're going to do it. Um, but we're going to talk about what can you do right now in July of 2022 to secure your food and this is you know it it seems like it could be an uphill battle but it's really not Mm -hmm. would you say
1: well i mean i I think that um we're in a a sweet spot and i don't know if the opportunity is going to come as we move into this episode so i want to say this now before we dig in further we have come to a point where i mean I'm and I don't go on these limbs often but I'm going to out on a limb and say that we have m- more access to things than ever before right you know for sure in my lifetime you know I'm going to go ahead and say in my parents lifetime and my grandparents lifetime quantity you know kind of um um uh, turnaround time and access and i'm not talking about like computer chips that you know are, there's a shortage of. i'm not talking about like necessarily 2021 22 and so on i'm talking about kind of in the last decade in the last 15 years or so um, and for a lot of us the sting is is basically i can't go out and get the thing that i want immediately i'd gone to um to Best Buy, where I bought my laptop from, and my cord is all jacked up. You know how it goes, like, you know, laying on the couch, you know, sitting in the chair. It's all bent up, and so I have to rig it to charge my laptop, which is a pain. And so I went there because I am have this whole, you know, tech program, and I'm thinking, like, maybe I could just go there and get another one. And the guy said, good luck with that. <laughs> like, you know, he plugged in his cord, and it charge which i knew it would my cord is all bent i can see you know this is user error you know and so he said i try amazon you know like they don't even have the cord to the laptop that i bought two years ago which is you know generally there's a standard core for this right 65 watt something something c something or another and I went a very I went technical
0: the, description by the way I absolutely. like it
1: all of my descriptions are <laughs> I went to the car and I started to you know I, I googled it and you know I went to Amazon you know and the biggest the biggest fear interestingly enough is once we get past the it's not like it's not gonna break my pocketbook to buy it but I'm gonna get it and it's what if it's not the right one because you know that's always a riskier and so but the idea is that I could have ordered it it was on a Tuesday and got it on Thursday. Like, that's an example of how accessible most things are to us. Yeah. And there is, like, we got to wake up a bit. Well, it
0: starts to break down. I mean, we've heard for years about the global supply chain breaking down and stopping. And, you know, everything's coming out of China and, you know, the Asian countries. um, I believe that's what they're called. I'm not sure. But. You know, when that happens, then what do you do? And I I believe that you go back into a time of and I mean, this is kind of really the first thing that could kind of set us off for this is you go back to a time where you need to learn how to fix stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in order to make it work. You know, maybe the answer is not always just going around and buying things, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Interestingly enough, I just read uh, yesterday that, you know, inflation is through the roof, right? They're actually calling for deflation to start kicking in because the stores, your targets, your Walmarts and stuff have so much stock mm-hmm. because people will not buy it that it's going to bring prices down again. And But they can't get rid of it. So if you bought that cord and it didn't work and you call them and say, hey, look, this cord doesn't work. I need to return it. They're going to say, you know what? Just keep it. You can have your money back. Just keep Mm -hmm. it. We don't even want it Mm -hmm. anymore, which is crazy to think about, you know, but that's kind of where we're at. So the whole complacency that people have about stuff being available right here, right now is, you know, once that starts to break down, what do we do?
1: Now, the the key is, so one more note on that, and then we get into the like what we can actually do and all of the shows, television shows, all of the movies, like they either start off where they're already in the thick of it. Soylent Green is a great example of it. Like it's already like it's already hit the fan. You know what I'm saying? It's been decades and decades, potentially yeah. as long as the main character has been alive, right? In a lot of the movies, sometimes you see the big blast that changes everything. Yeah. But a lot of times, it's it's happened. Right, um, and when we look at, and again, this isn't this isn't the post apocalypse version of Batavia. there is that version, but this isn't her yet, um, but it's this trickling thing that we're experiencing, like we're not gonna wake up tomorrow and gas is gonna be a hundred dollars a gallon, like and it was just three bucks a gallon yesterday. That's not how this thing works, right? It's not going to be everything all at once, right, We are Preach in the it. thick of it now, Preach right it. it's happening item by item have you some of the shit that they're talking about like oh there's a shortage on this and it's like I never even thought about it and the yeah. urge to say well let me go buy a bunch of you know which is a whole trap you know what I'm saying so th- there is a ver- conspiracy version of Batavian that's entering now um, so I say that though when it comes to the trickling of it it's, it's very easy to be caught asleep at the wheel it's very easy to think oh it's just this it's just the toilet paper you know oh it's just the baby formula you know like it's it's just this thing right it's just the tampons right like we're gonna move past it i haven't heard anything about those last three in probably three weeks right is it better resolved i'm just waiting to hear for the next thing you know so but you're um, not going to hear about it that's the thing so or you'll hear about it and then you won't for a while longer yeah. you know what I'm saying and it creates this thing where there's this up and down this panic mode which is a whole different conversation which we're not going to get into but don't feel like because it, don't feel like it's necessarily coming gone right right you know this it's there's a pileup that I feel like it's happening
0: no it definitely does it compounds and it's a mm-hmm. slow trickle and I think it I think you're right one day you don't wake up and it's like oh okay Gas is $100 a gallon, but one day you wake up and gas is up 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One day you wake up and it's up 20 more cents, mm-hmm. and it's just a slow trickle, you know, and, and we're all living it right now. I mean, everybody in the entire world is living that right now. So, there's that, you know, and I think it's just, just slow enough, and I think it's engineered to be slow enough for people to digest it a little bit easier. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And do the best they can. I mean, I live in vacation land right now, not like the state of Maine, but people come here for vacation. And I can see mm-hmm. with my own eyes that it's not as busy as it has been in the previous years. It's not as busy as it was in the middle of a pandemic.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you know, people yeah. are
0: cutting costs. But There's I mean, a,
1: there is I'm notorious for price comparisons not necessarily today when i'm purchasing i do that as well but if i purchase something on a regular every couple of years if i have access to it easily i'm going to look back to see how much i paid for it four years ago this is before our current day situation yeah and i am like literally nauseous yeah amazon is a great example of that when they show you like you pull up your order your previous order and you can see the price for it then um connecting to the garden, the fire rings that I use, what's the price for it? I think it's $69 right now. And that's the sale price for a 36-inch ring uh, fire pit that I use as a garden bed in the garden. The sales price when I bought them back in 2019 was $39. There
0: you go. That's a big difference. And that's just for a chunk of metal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's crazy. And I mean... You know, so as we talk about what we can do now, I mean, I think the the biggest thing you can do now, which I should save this for the end, but I'm not, is continue doing what you're doing now. But stay vigilant. You know what I mean? Stay very vigilant about what you're doing. I mean, you're already right this second. You're already making a step in the right direction by expanding your mind and your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And maybe... Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say making yourself uncomfortable by listening to something that's not totally ushy-gushy like we usually do but this series and what actually Batavia just finished talking about feeds directly into um, our one of our episodes about upcycling or free recycling where that's like I mean the sustainable part of a garden feeds directly into this because that will help All of this stuff. I mean, you know, I needed a, so I needed a stair to go into my, um, I didn't need, but I wanted a little step up to go into my shed. So do you know what I did? I used a piece of wood that I had cut and threw on the ground and that's a stair. You know what I mean? Like just something that simple. Like I was either, I had two options with that piece of wood, burn it, throw it away, or find a use for it. And so I just dropped on the ground and now I have the perfect stair for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all of this is, so we talk about for me, um, a part of the reason why I grow some of the things I grow is to gain that experience. Right. right. Like I want to be proficient at a number of things in the garden and it's no different than, you know, building the stair. you know what I'm saying? It's, It's the little by little, right? You're balancing things out and you are adding to your experience. And believe you me, going back to being able to fix shit, you know, believe you me, it will benefit you. Um, And I was listening to a popular YouTuber and she talked about... um, What happens if all of these things, all this food that I'm storing and prepping for, like, and if we don't hit a depression or a recession or both, right? You know, what happens? It's like you have food to eat. You know, like that's, you know, like that's the reality of it. You'll, you'll have a skill that you can use for the rest of your life. You'll have a skill that you wait for it can teach someone else. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. And so it's funny you brought that up because um, I just went out to my garden. Yesterday, and I harvested my first flush harvest of tomatoes. Mm. And so I was like, what should I do with these? So I'm going to go and I'm going to make a video about canning, pressure canning tomatoes. Mm. So because I feel like it goes directly with this, it's a skill and it's something that I'm passionate about. And even if you don't just jump right into it and do it and you just watch that video, you're already taking that step into that direction. Right. Yeah. So it's it's really important that we understand that, you know, hey, is there an investment to, to canning? Yes, there's an investment. And I'm going to go ahead on a limb and just say right now is the time to make that investment before it gets more expensive. Because and if...
1: Remember, I, I track that shit. You know, so yeah. So I'm looking at the price that I paid for my pressure canner and the idea of like how much it... So I must, must have bought mine, shame on me, in 2020. I will use it this year. Stop judging me. No, Uh, you got mine in 2020. And I was looking at the price in 2021. I haven't checked it yet this year, but I know that my jaws are going to drop from it. You know, and the reality is you can't go back and get the 2020 price. That's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, but know that the 2023 price is going to be more. Right. And to be clear, I don't
0: recommend buying a used canner. Just to be clear, you don't know what that was used for or how it was treated, but if you want to know the canner that we use, look in the link below in the Amazon link. A little portion will go to us, no cost to you. But that'll show, there's a section about canning that shows everything that either Batavia or I use mm-hmm. for canning. So that canner is in there. And yes, it does work well with glass top stoves. It's actually the only one that um, is, says will work with glass-topped stoves, which suck, by the way. I hate those stoves, but that's <laughs> another question. Another whole another series about stoves.
1: <laughs> we need a whole <laughs> other podcast about appliances.
0: But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's like, look, so what? If, even if you don't need it, it's like you said, it's there in the future. At any well, I, point, you can go in, you can crack that can, and you can eat it, and you can enjoy it, and we can move on.
1: I do think that, you know, when we talk about what we can do now, I do think that um, looking at our budgets... Right. And then taking a close look at the things that we've put off. And again, it's never my recommendation to go out and buy it all. Right. right. Um, but recognize that. And and, and you're going to touch on this in a bit, but it's.
0: How do you know what I'm going to say?
1: I don't know. I just kind of know. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's hard to predict what's going to like skyrocket or what's just going to be more expensive, you know, tomorrow, a year from now. Generally speaking, a lot of things are right. right? So if you have a and I don't want to say wish list because it almost sounds dreamy. But if you have kind of this buy list. You know, things that you want as a part of your garden experience, your homesteading experience, you know, start chipping away at that. Yeah. right? And it is what it is. I'm paying more for stuff that I'm buying again this year than I paid a year ago. And it hurts, but it needs to happen. Right. Yeah. You know, so you got to keep on moving and get past that. Um, this is also a time to be. Um, conscious of the better buy versus what may be the cheapest, because we definitely want to be purchasing things that are going to be more longer lasting.
0: Right. Do you know how I operate in that realm? I never buy the most expensive Mm -hmm. or the least expensive. I always buy middle range. And I will tell you this, everything that I've bought, like there's some stuff like when we go backpacking and stuff, I buy like higher end stuff generally. But every time I buy the more expensive item, Mm -hmm. I always comment to my wife or anybody who will really listen to me, which is usually just her and that's questionable, um, how pleased I am with the performance of Mm -hmm. this certain item. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I can go out and I can get a pair of scissors from my son's school for elementary school and trim my garden with it. Or I can go buy a pair of trimmers. Mm -hmm. Either one will work ultimately the trimmers that i buy that are made for it are going to work better and that's just a, a small example but to be said like i mentioned that like the price isn't going to come back down and if if we talk about the price of fuel for like t- a minute in 2000 you had katrina hit that was the first time fuel really shot up And they said, oh, it's temporary, it's temporary, never went down. Mm -hmm. The only time it went down to the previous price was in the pandemic when nobody in the world was driving. Mm -hmm. That is the only time it dropped. Now that it's up, it's not going to go back down, is my guess. And you heard it correctly, everybody, guess. So for all of these things, if you have something that you really want, like start thinking about, The only thing that I would really stock up on, I wouldn't stock up on jars, I would stock up on lids. Mm -hmm, Because you can mm -hmm. reuse jars, but you cannot reuse the lids. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I would stock up on if I were you.
1: Yeah. Um, I do think that canning becomes important. Um, I mean, while I haven't experienced it here in Chicago, think about, um, and this is just generally speaking, we want to talk about food security. We want to try to combat for our to start with our little homes, food insecurity, right think about the um the uh power outages in Texas last summer yeah you know, Winter. and well both right so there were the storms that you know late in the year, but there was the when they were advising people to keep their uh their air conditioning down yeah that was in the summer as well right and so either way, the point that I want to bring home is and you've mentioned this and it was just really in passing the idea of I'm a big fan of freezing um, food like I'm going to stock a freezer up that's the way I was raised right um, and I, for whatever reason and maybe it was as we were preparing for these episodes I was thinking to myself I had this vision of power going out and, and again this vision wasn't like long term And I was saying, fight the urge for, maybe this was like one of those um, almost lucid dreams, fight the urge from opening the freezer, leave it closed so it can stay as cold as long as possible. I bring this up because obviously things that are shelf stable, you don't have to worry about things like you've gone without power, right? They will continue to be safe to eat you know so right
0: i.e. drying and canning now this isn't a preserving food episode um you guys know that we are very big into that and we find it very important but that's not necessarily the only thing you can do but it's a big portion of building yourself up and you know and knowledge and just dabble in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just dabble in it a little bit you know as and i i mean i would think of you know I keep a notebook, Batavia doesn't keep a notebook. Batavia keeps a digital, some sort of something mm-hmm. that goes on. I don't know no, exactly how yet. to describe don't it. Don't hack me, don't hack me. Yeah. <laughs> but keeping something like that is so helpful because each year we we come across something in our garden that is, is complicated,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and we do research, right? So, why not remember that research? Because I don't know about you, but I got a lot of stuff up in my nugget. I can't remember everything.
1: Yeah, it just occurred to me that... Let me write this down under my notes.
0: I saw smoke coming out of your ears, so I knew something was going.
1: (laughs) So we um we do annual episodes regarding what we're going to do new. Uh you know, kind of what we've learned. Like we have, you know, kind of these topics that are pretty common like you know, in the work that we do, kind of common to think about for gardeners. I'm going to make a note of the, that was easy, you know, this year, right? As we kind of wind down the year, like what were the things that were easy that were prolific? You know, what was the what was the production time frame? I'm going to stop there because I don't want it to be some laundry list. Yeah. But it's a really good reference point to be able to say, all right, I need a bunch of a thing. And I can point back to now it doesn't mean that it doesn't change year over year, but I want to go back to see, OK, if it's if it was easy in 2022 and I go and plant those same things in 2023, was it easy then to, you know, you right. start to build on that. OK, yeah, it was. All right. So now I have some things that are um, more stable, if you will, in your garden. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So the one thing I have to say about that is if you have aphids this year and you treat for aphids and and you learn how to treat for aphids and next year you get aphids again, are you going to have to go back and reread or rewatch whatever you had to do to treat it? Because if you do, if you, Oh, that came out weird. If you do, then you're not preparing for your food security. You need to treat them. You need to note why, and you need to note how, and then you can go back every year and you don't need any access to anything else. As as much as I hate to say, you don't even need to come back and listen to us to treat your aphids. You'll just know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's really the key to everything because the conveniences that we have, like getting products delivered to us immediately, going to YouTube, going on Google. What if it's not there one day? What if it's... You know, or incredibly bogged down, and you just, you know, so slow that you can't access it or, you know, whatever, what have you. The people can't afford to keep the websites up, whatever. What do you do at that point? You need to know how to do these things. You know, people grew food for many, many years without Google. This is a whole new world that we're in. Some of you listening to us have never operated outside of Google, you've always had Mm. that to fall back on. But some of us, and I don't want to admit, but some of us didn't have that at some point in our lives. And we functioned and we honestly probably flourished because we didn't have that crutch.
1: And but on the flip side of it, for those that maybe only know a world where you can Google something, um, it you're better for because you've had access to so much, right? You've had the opportunity to learn so much. Right. Um, and if you kind of, you know, take a moment, take a beat and recognize that again, it may not always be there for you, but let's build on that. Let's take advantage of that. Let's, yeah. so there's some things like I stopped saving like favorites and stuff, you know, and, so this is true confession i stopped saving favorites it's like i'm not gonna go back i'm not gonna remember where i saved it all i'm gonna do is hmm? favorites what like um, on my phone like i stopped like bookmarking things yeah yeah like websites and things um or i stopped saving it like onto my home screen or whatever because i never remember that it's saved there all i do is google it again yeah such a poor habit such a poor habit
0: I do the you same know. thing, though. I, there's no point because it's going to come up every time I look it up. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely have websites that I like to use. So I look for that website, but I look through it through a Google search.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, I mean, but what if Google goes away? We'd be in a deep shit, first of all, but that's a different... <laughs> that's a whole different... That's not even on this podcast. That's like a whole new actual <laughs> podcast. But, um, you know, that's the whole thing. So... I agree with you. Like, if you've only grown up with Google, like, you've learned a lot, and I just hope that you've retained it, and if you haven't, you need to start retaining it. Look, mm-hmm. I did it the other day. I had to treat my tomatoes, and I had to go back and watch the exact same thing that I had watched before to relearn how to treat it, and I was ashamed of myself, because I, I'm like, I need to practice what I preach, so...
1: I meet you, and I I will raise you that I have been so dependent on cover... For my collar greens, that and I changed and started using like I've used tulle fabric, t-u-l-l-e or tulle fabric for years, and so I changed that and started using this um, black netting, like bird type netting, and it it's they're not ravished, you know what I'm saying. Um, but it definitely doesn't provide as much protection. It's pretty um, enough months into this. Now I've chased enough moths out of the netting to know like it's easier to get in here than it is a tool fabric. And so I have some damage. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, how in the fuck Like I never treat my collars really not for that. You yeah. know, basically I handpick everything, you know, it's the, the damage, the time for damage is so small. That window I can get in and get it out. And I'm like, how in the world did I used to do? Like I used to, Right? What what was I doing? You know what I'm saying? And so it's that moment of, you know, in some cases, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, And so, I mean, I could call my buddy Ben and say, what was the mixture that we were talking about using? Um, So anyway, I I do think that... um, I feel like, and you normally say this around this this time of the episode, I feel like this isn't as much about what can you do exactly in your garden. I think everything we've talked about can apply to kind of your garden experience, you as a gardener, you know. And so I do want this episode to be received in that way. You know, we are going to get into kind of dirt Vegetable seeds in the next episode, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I think this is again one more episode of like creating this kind of baseline. Well, right? What you know, if the Tully fabric?
0: What if the hmm. fabric company goes away?
1: Yeah, yeah. Or a tool, and, whatever. And, and now and, I
0: feel stupid when I say it.
1: I mean, one of us is gonna. F- I I don't think either one of us is wrong clearly right clearly Um, (laughs) and if it's me I'm proud to be wrong how's that (laughs) well you know what I've I've sat I've heard you say it I've said to myself it's wrong but you know I've said it it's tool fabric and you hear me and so you choose to say it differently and the funny thing is this could very much be the zone conversation like I'm not going out on a limb I'm just saying this is the way I say it I went to the Italian ice place yesterday and I gave my name and um, anytime someone speaks a second language um, they commonly pronounce my name as Batavia yeah and so as i stepped back and she pronounced it as Batavia i asked her she's like yeah and so um, and then i thought to myself like wait what is my name really is batavia <laughs> <laughs> i called my mom later on and she confirmed it's batavia that's
0: <laughs> however you want to say it but i mean it's 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 important to think about all of these things i mean we we laugh and we joke but in all honesty like these are serious questions to be answered and thought about i would i would say personally
1: it's we want to come out of these episodes th- this garden season the next garden season just being a bit more uh, conscious as gardeners uh, and, and again uh, I feel like it's very woo woo, you know, but you know, just being a bit more conscientious about what we're doing, while we're doing it, what we're using. Yeah. The T U L L E fabric is a good example of it. it's not even made for that.
0: No, we're not so. gonna go down the spelling road. We're <laughs> just gonna say it.
1: So that fabric's not even made to be, you know. And the outdoors to the exposure right? So I basically which is a part of the reason why I was trying to figure out if there's something else I could use although I have a whole roll of it so it's going to be used but
0: But see that's a responsible way for you to take that on too because you recognize one that it's not supposed to be used that way. Mm -hmm. Two you recognize that it's not going to last if Mm -hmm. you use it that way Mm -hmm. and three you recognize that it wasn't sustainable to use Mm -hmm. it that way. So you started experimenting Mm -hmm. with something else and stepping outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And that's really important for this conversation is just in that, in the Thule fabric (laughs) (laughs) discussion, is that all of that came out of that because that shows that Batavia is thinking about these things and Mm -hmm. moving forward and she's willing to take a little bit of damage because yeah. she's armed herself with the knowledge of what to do with the damage and the reality of what happens when you get the damage. There's a whole lot going on in Thule fabric. So, I hate Thule fabric.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I, I have a bunch of it that I bought last year. So if you see a video of mine, and you see it in my garden. Don't come for me. I'm I want damn a tutu sure gonna use Christmas. the rest. <laughs>
0: I want a tutu for Christmas, yeah, then, if you right? got a whole oh, roll of that. it.
1: I'm damn sure you're going to use the rest of it. But it's exa- It's all of those things. And I'm not in my head because you're preaching to the choir. That's exactly it. It's not, plainly put, it's not sustainable for the garden. I have to buy it every year. you right. know. And I only if, if I don't buy it every year, it's because I bought enough to get me through two years, right? Like, <laughs> that's not something that that you can should, should be looking at long term. If nothing happens in the world, it's still not, you know, the best decision. I do think it what it does though, kind of the, you know, if you if you've had a couple of bad years when it came to your brassicas, if you're new to gardening, I do believe it could provide like some reprieve. You know, sometimes yeah. it's just And I you know,
0: I believe that based on the steps you've taken and the videos cut out, so I don't know if we're talking over each other, but I'm gonna keep going. Is if you are are experimenting without it right now, that there is a possibility within three years, I, I, three years is the key number here, that you will move away from it completely and use something else. So I did. I now have Batavia's um, video feedback. Did I? Did I cut you off? Bad.
1: Uh, you cut me off, but. It- I wrote to you take it away, right?
0: <laughs> so, I mean it may take Batavia 3 years, which is okay. And I think oh, it's that okay.
1: Three-year joke, but oh, I didn't pick up on that. Okay, yeah. No, you yeah.
0: didn't. So, um it it's it you know, part of and this may be a misconception I have about this, but when you're trying to do something in the garden or in life in general, let's just take let's step out of the garden for a minute. It's okay to not be completely sustainable all at once. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's okay to get comfortable with something with the intention and the action moving forward to get there, but you've got to learn how to do it and sometimes you need that little bit of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got tulle fabric at my house that I've never even used. I still got it. Maybe I'll send it to Batavia when her roll runs out.
1: Yeah, man, keep keep the party going. I um when it comes to that as an example, I didn't I didn't have the mindset if you will to consider when i a friend suggested it to me and and she's a super duper responsible human being right you know but it didn't occur to me initially that it wouldn't last more than one season yeah as i got through that first season as i was going through it i was realizing oh there's a tear here and i'm like gosh oh, You know, and then it was originally and it's it's the naivete when I look back because I've been using this fabric for like maybe five years or something. When I look back, it was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of clumsy. I'm rough with things, you know, like the opening and moving it and all like it tears easy is the way I used to describe it, you know, and then you look at it and you look at Your new role, and you look at what things look like in October when you pull it off, and it's like that just isn't tears. This is wear and tear. This is the sun beating down on it. This is you know the wind beating down on it. This is you know the the rain and such. And we're resourceful, and it's great to be able to use things that aren't necessarily meant for the garden, but know that they come at a cost. Quite literally, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I'd stop it today if it was like twice the price, three times the price. This is something that has been pretty consistent with pricing. It's the cost of it too. You know, and so I think that it's it's all, it's an actual situation, but it's also a metaphor of sorts, you know. So what do you do when the thing that you you're dependent on becomes too costly?
0: Yeah. You know, and I mean, <clears throat> I do have one more thing that I'd like to state. And, you know, we opened up this conversation and we were talking about fertilizer, mm-hmm. um, the availability of fertilizer based on the uh, war in with Ukraine and Russia. Um Stepping away from being as dependent on fertilizer is important, too. And there is a simple way to do it. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it?
1: You can say compost. I don't need to say it. Compost.
0: (laughs) Composting, using compost, whatever. um, I, I think it's really important. It's it's a. I mean, it's the studies show and it's all there and it's. It, it check marks all of the boxes. I know people are like, oh, he's talking about compost again. And yeah, we are because it's part of I mean, we literally just told you 20 minutes ago that com- um, fertilizer is harder to get this year. And the thing is, too, and the thing that you have to remember, it may not be harder this year, but it may be next year. Mm-hmm. There may be a lag and how it affects us too. That's something else that we have to remember. So even if this this conflict resolves itself, the effects will still be felt for a period of time afterwards as they catch back up. And that's something that we need to remember as well. So, you know, I I depend more heavily than I should on fertilizer. I don't solely depend on it, but I definitely use it a lot. So maybe I need to as well step up my compost game, which is killing me to step it up, but you know, step it up, be more mindful. And you know, I really started composting heavily like three years ago. I started my journey in where I made my decision to, like, hey, I'm going to start using compost that I make in my garden. And each year I've stepped it up more and more and more and gotten more resourceful about how to do it. And that's really the key because if I, I'm going to go on a limb here, and I like going on a limb, so it's cool. But if the food dried up today, the majority of the people listening to this podcast couldn't handle it, including myself. Mm-hmm. Now, some of us may be better off than others, but if the food dries up three years from today, the majority of this podcast will be ready for it. And that's the key.
1: <laughs> There's um. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, the listener, shout out because she did a video of a recipe of the day. Uh, Chelsea, appreciate you. And she was talking about what she the, cook?
0: I, I didn't. I missed it. It,
1: it was. Um, it was the. Uh, I don't remember what I called it, but it was the combination of tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, zucchini. It was like a like a stir fry, you know, okay. topping. Um, and it looked so good. I was so hungry. Um, but. She, I was watching another video of hers and she um, talked about how they have chickens and how much they were producing. And I, I think she's in Michigan. And she um, said, when she said something like, I've not added any additional light or anything, because, you know, my curiosity is like where it gets really, really cold, how do chickens survive? Then I thought to myself, like, gosh, I don't even eat that many eggs, you know? But then I thought again, kind of future focus, well, you know, when you start looking at being more self-sufficient, gosh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to grow meat. I'm, I'm a long way from that. You know, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how important chickens could be, you know, for me and my future, you know, garden and homesteading and such.
0: It could be um, the single most important thing you've ever done in your garden. I will say I will go and stand proudly on that thin, thin limb. Um, yeah, we get a dozen eggs every day from our chickens. We have one that's very prolific. Um, and so I'm going to answer your question real quick about the cold. Somebody explained it to me perfectly mm-hmm. when I first started raising chickens. I was living in New England. And it was cold. You know, anybody mm-hmm. who lives up there knows it's cold. And if you don't live up there, trust me as brick. But um, I said, look, it's getting cold. What do I do with the chickens? She says, nothing. I said, what are you talking about? There's a foot of snow. She's like, think about it like this. Chickens have no personal space. They, you go in there and you look at them in the coop and they are nose to ass all night long. <laughs> they are just all up on each other. Like they do not care whatsoever. They keep it, themselves warm. Mm-hmm. And if you put a light in the coop, because in the wintertime when we get less light outside, they actually stop laying. Mm-hmm. So people will put lights into the coop. But what it does is it significantly reduces their lifespan. Mm. So they will lay more, but they won't live as long. So it's best to just kind of go through. And that's part of that whole seasonal eating thing that we do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we realize like, hey, there's going to be a period in winter where we're just not going to get any eggs or we might get a couple.
1: I think it's going to be a community garden um, episode. And I think we may need to record it like after this one, because I want to talk to you a lot more about seasonal eating. I've been giving it a lot of thought, a lot of thought. Uh, Dude, I'm your
0: man because I've. Mentally, I created it, but I know I didn't. But (laughs) (laughs) Like in my head, we created it on our own. We didn't read about it, though. You know what I mean? Like we just kind of came up with we definitely 100% did not create it. But, you know, it was one of those things where we've been doing it so long that there wasn't a lot of information about Mm. it before. And it just kind of made sense. But, yeah, we can definitely. I'll let you drive that one.
1: I do believe that there is absolutely a connection to being more sustainable as well as food security, which it seems counter because you're limiting yourself, but it absolutely is a connection to that. But
0: yeah, Um, it's all about going back to the ancients. You Mm -hmm. know, remember that term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but look, we've gone over and I really have to give you a, uh, I have to give you something from a listener and that would be the recipe of the day. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear,
1: go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear.
0: All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy.
1: We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.
0: All right, everybody. So this one comes from a very loyal and um, uh, patron, Anna. And she and she's in zone 7B, by the way. I love that she put that in her name. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume that that's her zone. If not, it's code. And I apologize ahead of time. But uh, she get, I'm going to read you verbatim what she said to me, uh, what she gave us. So she goes, my favorite recipe, if you can call it that, is garden fry. Growing up, we had several large gardens, and we all know how exciting it is when the first squash or couple pods of okra are ready, even though it's not enough to cook for the family. This is where the garden fry comes in. Cube up everything that's ready, squash, okra peppers, green tomatoes, whatever, and we usually added an onion or a potato if we had one laying around. Toss everything together, lightly dust with flour and salt and pepper. And then pan fry it until it's done. Every bite is a surprise of different flavors. Perfect for the beginning or the end of harvest when you have a, only a limited quality. And I, I definitely shouted out to her, and I was like, "I love it. It's super simple." And I limited can see limited
1: quantity, right? Like I, I feel like she could be my soulmate, garden soulmate. Cooking soulmate. Soulmate, one of them like that speaks to everything there is like, that's my style of cooking.
0: Yeah. The I mean, y'all fry. know how I, I do it. I'm I mean, look, I made a damn cooking show about it. Like I do easy. And I mean, hell, we've given out so many recipes on here. But one step I will do is if you um, want a little bit lighter version, you can use um, cornstarch instead of flour. I, I use that a lot for my green fr- fried green tomatoes. But it's, it's perfect. You know what I mean? Because how many times do you go out to the garden and you get like
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: one zucchini and you're like, all right, what am I going to do with this one zucchini? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just throw it all together. Or
1: uh, plants that just, you know, maybe you only planted one and you're like, gosh, it's not, I'm not getting that much out of it. Yeah. My pea, sweet peas, which I wouldn't, I mean, maybe it could work. I, um, I didn't plant as many as I wanted, planted them later, but luckily they produced. But I mean, you're talking like. A handful Is what I'm going to end up with And so I was making this delicious um, It's like a shrimp scampi Um, But it started off with Garlic scape dressing Which is a whole different conversation Um, And I was just like, you know what? It's a pasta. I'm going to go ahead and get some sweet peas. You know, yeah. there's a whole pasta uh, recipe with peas in particular. I can't think of it right now. And I'm just like, it's perfect. I also learned for this variety or this time of year or whatever have you, um, I picked them at different sizes. And the first ones I picked, I'm like, these really aren't sweet. These are just like the green peas. And then I was like, picked um, a pot that was smaller i'm like oh i gotta get in here quick and get them smaller yeah right because they were actually sweet at that point um and unfortunately i don't remember the variety i planted but <laughs> while well, you're
0: big big help there
1: <laughs> yeah i know right because i remember the same size last year and they were sweet last year but again any number of factors could could play into that um but yeah garden it's- fry I, I couldn't love it more
0: well, it's it's one of those things, too, where I, I have to get on my high horse for a second and say, like, just because you have a garden doesn't mean every meal has to be made of a certain piece of produce out of that garden. It is A-okay to just use random stuff mm-hmm. and not make some gourmet meal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So, that being said, everybody, try that recipe. And when you do thank Anna for it because she did a fabulous job giving us a simple recipe Um, everybody if you haven't watched Soylent Green go watch it because in about two seconds I'm going to spoil the movie Mm -hmm. and um, the whole thing and I want to say that don't be scared of what we talk about be prepared be ready and start being adventurous in your garden and taking notes and learning and really just enjoying it um, your knowledge is your power for all of this stuff. So when it comes down to it, it's just us. It's just us gardeners, you know, uh-huh. ain't nobody gonna uh-huh. come save you. Uh-huh. So um, everybody remember, if you're going to remember anything, first of all, you can come support us, patron, YouTube, all that other stuff. Um, we're going to have canning videos coming out on YouTube soon. I've made my decision. I'm going heavy because I'm tired of sweating. So there's that. I'm going to sit <laughs> in my house and make them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But remember this. Soil and green is people.
1: <laughs> See ya.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV.
1: Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com, and then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens.
0: Don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating
1: at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.
0: Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up.
0: You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description.
1: With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya!